Welcome everybody to the um, wartime edition of Foot Guns Podcast. I'm Boomer. Hal and I were just talking about um, valuations and the situation in Ukraine, which I think some people don't fully understand exactly how bad it is. Last night, uh was trading with a, a buddy and kept asking ourselves, okay, there's a point at which this ES, so S&P futures, get cheap enough, stocks get cheap enough if they gap down enough tomorrow morning um, that people who do this for a living, uh, mutual funds, uh, stock allocators, whoever, they're going to be forced to sort of buy the market regardless of what the, the situation on the ground in Ukraine is. And our previous low, which we nailed in our uh, foot guns discord. And if anybody's not in the foot gun discord, there's like free money suggestions that win. Go, go join our discord. But we said that 4218 would be the, the relative low in the S&P. And it went all the way back up to 50, 4500, 4550 or whatever. And then created a new low last night at 4100 on the futures. And we were just sitting there staring at it as all was going up to a hundred and saying, you know, is this the point where you want to start, start getting back into the, to the market? Bitcoin was down 7%. You know, Ethereum was down 11%. And is this the point that you want to, you know, there's going to be a day, whether it's today or some other day where the market's just down so much, people just have to buy it. And I guess it turned out to be today. I think um, SBF, tweeted last night basically saying the same thing he was just like you know all the all the patient buyers were waiting for this much of a dip and uh, all the technical buyers were waiting for this much and here we are <laughs> so everybody's probably going to come in and buy this regardless of how crappy um the reality of like the world is right now i mean it's it's uh i heard another trader say you know this might be one of those like sell the news events right <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people on Twitter were uh, kind of saying that, like, by the invasion, like, there that's like kind of like a point of max panic, and then things rally after that. But Boomer, I want to I want to ask you a follow up on on what you said at the beginning about this is uh, much worse than it seems. Like, what what is not priced in right now? What what are you what are you basing that on? What's what what is what are people missing? Yeah, this is a great point. So, like, in terms of Dude, holy shit! Hold on, I've, I've I bought like these Bitcoin weekly uh, call options um, yesterday. I was down eighty percent at the open. I'm now up two hundred. It's going up ten percent. Like every word you guys are saying, I just had the. It's, it's kind of nuts. I think I'm, I'm going to close close about half of this. <laughs> so so we've the Ukrainian defense minister quite clearly sounded the alarm about this, about the Ukraine situation in December, and no one paid any attention to it. If you remember, stocks were sort of still doing all-time highs. We round the corner, inflation sort of, sort of starts to pick up. Um, and, you know, you've got a, this is a, this is a real war in, in Europe against a, a well-formed uh, democratic uh, freedom-loving people in the form of Ukrainians. And, I mean, the Russians are trying to overtake the, the Kiev airport. I mean, this is not this is not some 
border skirmish. And I, and I, I think that, you know, again, traders are going to trade gap down, go up. We talk a lot about gaps in the discord and how, you know, it's basically free money. Anytime the CME Bitcoin futures, uh, print a gap that you can drive a truck through. And if you just fade it or buy it or, or whatever, it's basically free money. And, you know, things gap down really hard today and they're up, but I don't, I, if you look at the S and P it's, it's completely broken. And I did my annual CNBC tune in yesterday. I do, I watch CNBC about once a year and the only show that I like is the the fast money thing at five. And I don't really like it, but it's the least worse. Let's put it that way. And I, I had this weird moment where the same people were on who were on 12 years ago. And they haven't aged. And one guy is like exactly 20 pounds or 30 pounds overweight the same way that he was 12 years ago, which I don't know how you maintain that, but... Um, one of them made a really good point, which was, you know, when stocks stocks took post 2000, stocks took two years to bottom out. And post 2007, which was the other high on the S&P, stocks took two years to bottom out. And the dip buyers are gone. I, I, there's no, we haven't seen any dip buying behavior in why over uh i mean it's it's we're going on the second month of a lack of dip buying wait what 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 just happened today then if it yeah so i, I again i think that you you it starts you see a number on on the tape so the low on the s&p futures is 4100 so it was down i mean you're you're looking at like down nasdaq of nasdaq was down like two percent last night the s&p was down a further 1.8% and it opens up and it's just an old trader uh, phenomenon and somebody starts buying and other people start buying and, and, and whatever. But I, my point, the only thing I'm trying to drive that is the worst of the Ukrainian violence and situation is yet to take place. The, um, there's not a lot of good news sort of out there. And, you know, one, one day, I mean, the S and P's gotten the crap kicked out of it. And the fact that it's finally up half a percent is hardly reason to run in and to start buying left and right. In my opinion, and that's my opinion. See here, here's my take on this. It, I, I subscribe to the uh, New York Times daily podcast called The Daily because I think that's like the closest thing to like a Pravda or like get getting inside of like the American uh, administration conventionalism, especially especially under Biden. And they had a show about one or two weeks ago that was like why Russia is about to invade Ukraine and why us will not do anything about it and like will not send troops like that that was basically like the headline right um because they were they were basically had put out three or four episodes about the russian buildup uh you know telegraphing it i think biden's been very um like his strategy is like we're gonna kind of call him out and release the satellite footage and kind of show everyone what's happening um and then 
at the same time pre-committing that, hey, look, we're not going to turn this into a, a ground war with Russia. So I, I, I don't know. I think like in my in my mind, what would happen with the market is uh, the attack happened that everyone knew it was going to happen. And people, no, no, wrong, you know, wait, people, wait. people had a, a holy shit moment. Uh, they thought it was wider than expected. And then the rally happened around when Biden and Boris Johnson came around uh, midday, around three hours ago, when they came out and basically reaffirmed the, okay, we're going to do the sanctions playbook, right? I think people thought, hey, maybe there's a little bit more chance of a, of a hot war, of an intervention. And then once, once it was clear that they were going to stick with the sanctions playbook and response that had been kind of pre-telegraphed, then there was this relief. I mean... The, it started with the end of tail end of the European session. I, I don't, I don't, I think this is just more of a, a trading phenomenon, relief rally, whatever you want to call it. But no, this is, this is much more, you had, um, this is much more, uh, um, aggressive than I think your average foreign policy person thought that it would wind up being. This is not just Donbass. I mean, this is this is the attempt to just destroy a country. And that that it's, you know, bordered on uh, multiple sides by NATO countries is quite significant. And, you know, we've moved more troops. We've ordered up 8,000 more troops to shore up NATO. There have been... Um, B-52 bombers flying around Europe now for a long time to sort of say, if you, you know, roll this into Poland, Article 5 kicks in and we will go to war with you. And um, Russia seized the Chernobyl site today, uh, which basically gives them a weapon of mass destruction, right? Against all, uh, not that they don't already have nukes, but they could, it's just not a, it's just, it's bad. And on top of that, you have the Fed, you know, hiking interest rates way too late. Um, the inflation has already happened. Inflation is a lagging indicator. And the, you know, real possibility they're going to hike us straight into a, re a recession. That's typically what happens in these hiking cycles. Mortgage applications were down 13% month over month. There's just nothing, to, there's not a lot to get excited about out there. So as a trade, if you, if you would have tried this trade, okay, so when the stock market made an all-time high, if you would have tried this trade that took place today, um, you know, you would have lost 22 straight times in a row or something, and today happened to be the day for you. So if you still have capital in your account, then congratulations on taking advantage for that. But 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 a, a lot of people probably a lot of lost a lot of lost a lot of capital on the way there. And I will note that sort of the all-time high in the S&P was also accompanied by the all-time high of retail uh, inflows. Uh, Coinbase reports after the bell. Do any of you boys have uh, hot takes on Coinbase earnings, what it means for Bitcoin and what they will be? Um, I don't think... Oh, that's a really good question. Does it mean anything for Bitcoin? I think a lot of people have managed to finally separate in their mind that coinbase has nothing to do with bitcoin and it's just like you know uh an you know an exchange competing in the crypto world or whatever i think a lot of people that are buying 
Coinbase that I've heard are saying they're buying it because they're like, oh, I get it. There's all these other coins or whatever. But I mean, just technically, it looks so beat up that it'll probably rally no matter what the, the, the earnings say. But um, I, I was just looking looking at the three-hour candles right now for Bitcoin. It just In this three-hour candle, it just rallied 11%. And um, going over the last year and a half, I cannot find a candle that big that did not then result in some like you know midterm um price act you know upward price action um uh, yeah i mean that's pretty significant whatever is going on i don't know the uh it looks like it's putting in some sort of technical bottom here right the 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 rundown to 33k on uh january 23rd and 4th or that was just the fourth sorry um and then now it put in a lower low so and then people came in really, really quick once it uh, caught some support. So I would, I would expect like no matter what happens here, uh, that Bitcoin's going to do the thing that I said it was going to do. Even though it, I know everyone probably thought I was an idiot earlier today, um, <laughs> but yeah, that it's going to go back up to 40k. We'll find out really what's going to happen at 40k, and then um, yeah, I think if it holds 40k, like for for sure, it's going to go touch 50, and then and then you have this really, really big um you know sort of bottom pattern that i think it's proven itself that it's going to hold in this range i can remember very distinctly in 20 i think it's 2012 or 2010 i forget which year it was but the s&p was at a thousand and it was sort of like going back to a thousand and we're about to undo like two years or a year of, of work in the stock market and about five minutes before the bell or 10 minutes before the bell, um, all of a sudden people just came in and bought. And basically it never went below that point again. This doesn't feel like that to me. The most, the sharpest uh, rips in a, a downward market, the sharpest up moves are in a downward market. Bitcoin I don't see any reason why anyone sold Bitcoin in the first place related to either inflation rate hikes or Ukraine. In fact, I think it, the case for Bitcoin gets strengthened by um, Ukraine. Uh, but um, that's brings us back to the other question, which is we've asked a number of times, right? How, which is does, does a, does a, a, a move higher in Bitcoin depend on a, move higher in U.S. equities, right? And it shouldn't, but it may. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, that would be, I think the thing that would really make Bitcoin go wild, right, is if it if it did decouple and started trading up, you know, while, I mean, they don't even need to go uh, down. They just need to go not up, right? Or like at different days or whatever. And then people would be like, oh, wow, this is really, you know, they'd find this, this bullish reason to start buying bitcoin well right? i'm Just because i'm uh, using bitcoin in my trading as i guess maybe some people are using gold um i'm i'm using it to hedge out commodity positions and um i'm like using it as a tool for the first time and instead of being being like hey i think it's going to go up or hey i think it's going to go down i'm like i'm like okay this fits into a long oil thesis or, or, or whatever. And so, you know, Bitcoin is here to stay. I'll, I'll tell you that I've been around, I'm not a big cable 
guy. I've never really had much cable in my life, but I've been in a, a place where Bloomberg TV is available via satellite. And at the bottom, you know, ticker, they've got all the good things in the world, all the stock index futures and commodities and currencies and all this kind of stuff. And they've added crypto. So for people who are real serious about finance, you know, big allocators, pension fund managers, whatever, they watch Bloomberg. They don't watch CNBC. So they're seeing now, you know, flashed every five minutes quotes of Bitcoin. And it's unclear to me what would have to get those quotes off, you know, for Bloomberg to say, well, no one's interested in this asset class anymore, you know? So I think this Bitcoin has a useful function to normie traders like myself who are very suspicious of gold. I'm just a very gold suspicious person. Uh, gold bugs are weird. And usually their, their, their reasons for wanting to be long gold have to do with the fact they're, they're selling gold or something, you know? And so gold, Bitcoin has replaced gold in terms of my like hedge instrument. I would much rather own Bitcoin and S and P futures against commodities and or gold. Gold is down now. I, yeah, people were, so gold was up kind of like this morning when I woke up, gold is up, Bitcoin was down and people are saying that, okay, you know, this, this, uh, one of these is not working as the risk off asset. And then now it's reversed again. Gold is down, Bitcoin up. Yeah. And this is the most number of contracts I've ever seen traded in gold, like ever. I mean, I, maybe there's another time, but I mean, 398,000 contracts of gold in each contract is, uh, forget the size, I can tell you really quick, but each tick in gold is pretty meaningful for your account. Um, and today's S&P volume, uh, E-minis are already at 2.4 million E-minis times, you know, 200 and whatever, 15,000 or something like that. So there's a lot of volume behind this, this, this little rally here, but a lot of that volume was on the down too. Uh, yeah, gold uh, is a hundred and eighty-eight thousand dollar contract. So, three hundred and eighty thousand times one hundred and eighty-eight thousand, um, and yeah, it's down. It's down big from where where it was, uh, almost a hundred. Yeah, see, I think um, I think um, well, this is my thesis: is that the gold bugs or whatever, the ones that have like converted over and realized that Bitcoin is useful for like a similar reason um but has different properties than gold does and like gold you know gold's still not digital in any way right that physical gold if you actually go buy gold bars um so i i do think that there's like a little bit of an arbitrage thing going on now where people are you know okay well bitcoin is just overbought relative to gold and gold's overbought relative to bitcoin and so um yeah i don't know i'll see if it we'll see if it holds whether or not they they sort of go up with each other over time still even though i do think bitcoin will come be like worth more uh, gold or whatever. You can buy more gold with Bitcoin over time uh, first until some point, right? Until until we find like the top of the actual market and the, the use case. <laughs> yeah, gold has two problems. I mean, silver had a, uh, a much more pronounced sort of uh, reversal. 
gold has two properties, right? It's got a, it definitely has a use case in terms of, um, you know, you put it in fillings for teeth and car converters and all kinds of stuff, but it's generally viewed as a precious metal. Yeah. Uh, I just, I've never, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't like it. I don't understand it. There's precious metal people are weird and um, I don't want to be one of them. You don't want to be a golem. <laughs> yeah, they're just weird. They're just like precious people who are like, you know, man, I'm, 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 um, you know, got this big gold thesis based on, you know, it's always the same shit from the late '90s to now. The Fed's printing too much money. It's just the, the thesis for being long gold never changes. I'm a big fan of the uh, stacking genre of videos on YouTube. Are you familiar with those? No. That's, That's where. That, that no stacking videos are where a gold bug will um, take their gold or silver and just literally stack it up like Scrooge McDuck and do like a kind of like a pornographic video of that, just like literally enjoying their gold and just counting it and kind of like admiring it. That's so it's like porn for for Goldfinger the Bond villain. Exactly. It's it's basically like gold pornography. I just think it's hilarious that there's an entire genre of video out there of people that do this and like like each other stacking videos. And I guess it goes against the whole ethos of like, you know, like crypto, don't tell people you own crypto. If you if you have a stack of gold in your house, you probably don't want to take a video of yourself like jerking <laughs> off your pile of gold and post it on YouTube. So, boys, how was the Ethereum Denver conference? Did you guys uh, meet the coolest people ever? Like, tell us all about it. Oh, yeah. Well, we met a bunch of Badgers. Uh, that was at least my main focus was to, uh, you know, meet meet up with the team that we haven't actually met in person before and, uh, you know, see what it's like to work together in person, which, oh, yeah, we had a, we had a wonderful experience and, uh came up with uh i think some pretty cool cool stuff that we're going to be working on now over the next months with with the conversations we had there you you may notice my voice uh sounding a little scratchy i picked up uh corona while i was out there yeah i think a lot of people got it i i had, I had already had it previous to the to the conference so i wasn't too worried but yeah i mean they made everyone test going in but it's just like yeah there's i mean there was 10,000 15,000 people there or something did any of the 40,000 people on the waitlist get the i mean it just I expected more war stories, um, and it was a bit chaotic. It was like, um, uh, well, you know, <laughs> it snowed on, like in the first weekend, um, so that was that you know made everything a little awkward trying to get around and stuff. Basically, like the Uber drivers ended up just being like the big winners at East Denver because um, you know because of the <laughs> the increased number of people wanting rides, they like increased the. Uh, costs and then with the snow it went up even more so yeah hopefully they're probably like they're probably the ones that bought like the ethereum today when it when yeah it Den- denver has some uh chatty friendly uber drivers like they're they're talking our heads off yeah they like wanted me to every single uber driver was like pitch me your favorite crypto <laughs> that's the old the old thing about uh the sort of the old trader narrative of um if the cab driver's long gold, you want to be out of gold or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, none of them are buying Bitcoin. So <laughs> yeah, we talked. They're all like buying, you know, shit coins. And we talked about like that that 
thing where there was a guy at an investor conference for sophisticated investors and he asked how many people own crypto nobody raised their hand but the entire wait staff raised their hand i saw an interesting thing um where investopedia did a survey and i don't know whether it was a, like a good poll or like you know just hey do you want to fill this out pop-up ad but um, they asked, you know, where's the biggest bubble and people responded, the highest one was, was Bitcoin and it was higher than Dogecoin, which I don't understand that at all. I mean, that's crazy talk. Um, what do you mean? There's no Dogecoin bubble. Hashtag no Doge yeah, bubble. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, I guess I, I, it was just, I think it was one of those things where it just, how many people thought that there was a bubble? It wasn't one of those things that adds up to 100%. It was one of those, do you think there's a bubble? And, you know, more people said yes to Bitcoin than to Doge, to Doge but they also thought there was a bubble in housing. So I, I don't, I don't know if we, no, I don't know if we can really take uh, uh, a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, wisdom from this particular again i don't know investopedia i didn't know that they were like a real company but apparently they are but and they do surveys but i just thought i'd pass that along doge not participating in this uh relief rally still down almost four percent on the day good yeah that's good to hear <laughs> i was i've talked to some random people uh you know public or whatever that I don't know how we got on the conversation of Doge. I think it's the only crypto they know of. And then, you know, I managed to teach them how uh, the supply is increasing every year by 5 billion uh, tokens or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, it seems like the price would go down over time then. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> do you get it? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, but it could still go up in the short term. It's like, okay, well, good luck. Yeah, they did have a, uh, when you're standing in line to, for two hours to get your COVID test, Going into East Denver, they had a Lambo painted up in the Doge uh, picture of the Doge, like to be admired, and you could like sit in it while you're waiting to get checked in. <laughs> so, so you could go sit in a, a Lamborghini pre-COVID test. So theoretically, it was just a big Lamborghini filled with. No, I think you might have. I think you might have had to get COVID tested. First. Right, it was right <laughs> after you got your negative. That was like your reward. Yeah, the best part too is that you had to COVID test in front of um, like a group of nine strangers too. You know, so like everyone just sitting around anticipating who's the one that is just about to give us all COVID. <laughs> yeah, nine strangers that you've just waited two hours in line with. So would you go again? I mean, is this something that's going to be in? Uh, forget forget the meeting up with the Badger people, but I mean, I guess I'm just trying to give our listeners, is this something that, you know, is this going to be an annual event for you guys or can you just sort of take it or leave it? I, th I think it's like, really, that's the only value. It's like, you know how like at the Berkshire Hathaway conference, like everyone else has like side meetings with their, their funds or their friends. It's kind of like that. Like, I think it's valuable if you're in crypto and like, it's a thing that like, everyone can go to and like then you meet up with like the people you're actually doing work with i think it's set up oh like even the talks were set up so that they're basically impossible to listen to so like you're in this big convention center and they, they have like these 20 minute rapid fire talks going around the clock but it's in a room where there are all the booths are set up so it's like people are just talking the whole time you know having conversations and not really paying attention to the speaker so 
it's just kind of set up to be like a big uh big watering hole type thing i i do think that there is a bit of the fact that they got over inundated with people like it wasn't supposed to have that many people there and so you know if they if they do it again and they plan for that many people then you know they could have it in larger uh convention centers and maybe um more rooms and stuff it was still like really fun the uh I did want to say that when we record our private podcast next, I will pitch you a trade uh, boomer that I came up with talking to one of the developers that I met at um, at Denver. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Like being able to go and ask some of these people like, Hey, uh, you know, I have a question for you about how like this code actually works and stuff. And then, you know, I told him, I told him the trade and he was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I was just like, yeah, maybe we should go put this on. So uh yeah, the next time we record the private pod, I'll, I'll give you that. So yeah, you know, at Denver's great. Like I think um, going and meeting people in real life, uh, can't wait for it to be safer and not riddled with COVID. I mean, uh, I think a lot, and like you know, a lot of people that are going to these conferences, hopefully they're getting vaccinated and not just like purposefully just coming and giving getting people sick because they uh, are don't care or you know apathetic. Huh. Well, they're handing out automatic rifles in Ukraine. 10,000 citizens have come to grab their automatic rifles. So, you know, it's just not, I think that there's just this belief that that's a, that's a strong, I mean, can you you imagine like whatever the threat would have to be that the government was just like, here, have some machine guns in the United States. (laughs) Like, um, I mean, I guess we don't have to worry about Canada yeah. and Mexico attacking, but I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty strong statement. That's basically their only choice at this point, right? Like all of their air force and shit has been destroyed. So they have to kind of go unconventional. We don't turn yeah, this. Yeah, that's, that's the Russian line. And I, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's true or, or, or not. I'm, I haven't really been to paying attention to what Russia was saying. We're not, we're not invading. I mean, I think they're still taking that position. Um, that they're defend, you know, defending some nonsense, but um, I don't know. I just think this thing has. A, I think it's it's kind of like there's no reason to not buy Bitcoin here if you if you're bullish on Bitcoin. I just I've seen I've seen I've seen some markets get up to the edge of the brink and then come back and you know now the S and P's up a full one percent and maybe this is the day. But there are a lot of sort of old school traders would say, I wouldn't touch the S&P until it makes yet a new all-time high, right? And in order to get there, we're going to have to start knocking on, you know, 5,000 on the S&P, which is possible. I mean, it could, we could have a spring rally where all things sort of rally. Oil's already hit 100. It hit 100 last night, then sold off $8. So we've had a big run up there. Um, and, you know, you could see stocks returning to their all-time highs it's not a trade i want to be a part of um now i mean we'll see what happens tomorrow the next day the next day whatever but is this the only conference for ethereum i thought there was one i thought i read about one that was like in europe or something yeah there's a dubai they have them all yeah dubai portugal miami they're like basically there's like one or two every every month or two yeah (laughs) was vitalik there Vitalik was there, yeah. I have noticed they do, they do, they they do, there do seem to be 
dumps whenever there's one of these big conferences like that happened there was the miami bitcoin conference there was the you know the market was dumping during this thing pay for your hotel and tickets <laughs> yeah i i think i think there might be something to that like either the, the people who are buying or not traveling with their devices the marginal buyers is, is offline or something like that but oh yeah well so then once east dubai so because it's like it's going to rally now until then basically <laughs> that's your trade oh yeah march 31st all right i'm in i'm in so long now sell sell on march 28th let's see how... the only trade i did was rebalancing my uni v3 uh range to keep getting those uh trading fees with your bitcoin and ethereum no i don't have that on yet i'm actually i'm in mostly stables right now oh, um, okay i'm gonna do stable farming and then i'm doing uh matic usdc I started doing it with the cheat sheet, but the, the ranges were like, too, I kept getting blown out and I'm doing like slightly wider ranges than that. But yeah, it's pretty hard to, uh, it's pretty hard to, to use the uni V3 when, when prices are uh, so volatile. I mean, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin going up 10% in uh, three hours and it's the uh, stable crypto, you know, the, the, the most stable one behind a stable coin. So uh, when that's happening, it's just like everything is going to be all over the place. But I think the ETH BTC correlation is holding up well, even through this volatility. Like I think the range, the suggested range on that is like plus or minus 8%. I doubt it went outside that band if you had been LPing ETH uh, BTC. Oh, yeah. I haven't looked at that in a while. You know, I haven't looked at it because I've been watching um, Bitcoin dominance because uh, it's just been going up and up. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's in a pretty... It's in a pretty tight range still. Uh, well, wait, wait, I'm really zoomed in. Oh yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. That's that'd be nice if you had gotten in there um, in early January. You'd be you'd be feeling pretty happy right now. So most number of contracts in a day I've ever seen traded at oil eight hundred ninety eight hundred thirty nine thousand contracts of oil changed hands today. So you multiply that times. A thousand, that's the number of barrels. Boomer, do you have a view on the uh, German energy dependence on Russia? Do you think they're going to be able to pull off like a hard pivot away from? Yeah, no, uh, I don't think they'll be able to, to necessarily do that unless they get back into nuclear. One of the weird things, though, is this whole Nord Stream 2 pipeline thing. People, it, you know, get all obsessed about it. Like they got obsessed about their, the Keystone pipeline and, and there's a Nord Stream 1 pipeline already in place. Uh, so... It's 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 often presented, I feel like, in uh, among casual observers of energy, as if this is going to be the first such pipeline to ferry uh, Russia gas to Germany. But there's a Nord Stream one already in existence, so I don't really understand that that whole thing. I guess Nord Stream two is quicker or better in some way, but that 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 dependency already sort of exists, and it's what Germany's traded off to be you know, anti, you know, France is big on nuclear, which if you're a climate person, you have probably some strong opinions about how clean sort of nuclear is relative to natural gas, maybe. But um, uh, the, our ability, we're the largest consumer and the largest producer of natural gas in the world. Um, But, you know, Getting there's no pipeline across the Atlantic, which is why that you know natural gas trades at such a discount over here. I mean, it was up 35 percent today in the United Kingdom, and it was 
up one percent today in the United States. <laughs> so that tells you how hard it is to get the stuff up across the pond. Yeah, wasn't there? I saw. I thought I saw something that there was a specific gas line that was uh, affected by what's going on in the Ukraine. That there was like some line that got shut down or something. That's possible. But I mean, I think. Yeah. I think it was in that um that group that um you're following. Where should we should we should we link this to like our our paid subs or something? It's a pretty pretty nice group of people. I've been uh tweeting and uh, retweeting from it because they seem to be very accurately reporting what's going on. Yeah, it's just a, a group of people. What's called open source intelligence, meaning um they have sort of a fetish for tracking flights and troop movements and. Like there, there's a kid named Intel Doge. I was just looking at that. Yeah, and and he, like big accounts will interact with them. Senator Rubio interacted with him, um, and he's just sort of this guy who, I guess, at one point lived at his parents' basement and, you know, created a Patreon account and has a Discord and does all that kind of stuff and just loves sort of tracking the movement of troops and airplanes and 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 whatever but but what's been so compelling about some of the accounts on this list is like gherkin gherkin is some guy in ukraine who's just been you know tweeting images of russian uh tanks moving to the front line for the last you know several weeks and so it's been uh um you know um sorry intel does just tweeted that ukrainians claim to have recaptured uh an airport so I mean, there's real fighting going on. I, I guess that's my point. Is there's just doesn't mean you shouldn't shouldn't buy the stock market or whatever. But this is this is sort of more I think real than people maybe I guess understand. I don't know. And I haven't gotten a lot of sleep. I'm I'm a little out of out of it. Let me ask you this: like, what do you what would you put? Two things. What would you put the probability right now of a Russian full takeover of Ukraine? You know, Kiev falls. They put in a puppet, and then that's part A, and then part B. What would you put the probability of this is just kind of country one and Putin moves on to attack somewhere else after this, That's like within great, the next month or two? Great question. Probability, I would say, of a, a pivot. That was what a lot of foreign policy people were thinking that this this is a head fake and they were going to just roll over to Syria. Um, I, I think it's hard for me to see Putin really tangling with NATO. Because Article Five, I mean, it's, that's World War Three. But the, that statement from Macron was pretty striking. One of his aides said that, in talking to Putin, he's like, "This guy's kind of lost his mind." Um, that he was talking in circles and sort of not all there. So if something's substantially wrong with his mental health, I, I don't, I don't know how you put a probability on that. But I. It's just like this. Our odds for having a, a nuclear conflict just went up 10,000%. They're still at less than 1%, but they went up 10,000%, right? So there's that. I, again, I apologize. I haven't got any sleep. So I. Well, I, the, the only thing I was thinking is that. Um... You know, Biden said that thing publicly about how the sanctions were going to do like as much damage as like Russia's doing right now. And Russia did make that statement saying um, that if anyone interfered with what's going on in the Ukraine, that that like they would take that seriously. So it just uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's like 
you know, if the kids are fighting in the sandbox or whatever, it doesn't seem like we're at a moment where it's it's de-escalating yet. It it, it feels like the the fight is continuing and the the argument is 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 going on. Yeah, I mean that's that's sort of. Uh, I went through a World War One obsession. I've never really found World War Two very interesting, but a World War One obsession. These guys just created these strategic plans, and they just kept planning to the point where they actually bumped into each other, right? And neither one of them thought they were all like, no, you know, there's no way this guy will be dumb enough to invade this country. And they all had these carefully laid plans, and then you had World War One. So I, I, yeah, I don't want to get too carried away, but yeah, I mean, we're we're certainly rooting for it not to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I'm disturbed by the fact that you know the Ukrainians worked very hard to get rid of this puppet guy who is a tool of Russia and have a real democracy and a vibrant democracy and a vibrant culture. They're good people. They don't deserve this shit. And, um, and it puts a lot of our European friends on edge as well. You know, I mean, it makes the, our buddies in Germany and France and United Kingdom on edge. I mean, this is happening a lot closer to them. Right. Uh, I think it also sort of puts the idea of, China moving on Taiwan, uh, more front and center, and just creates a general lack of stability. And, and these are real people dying, though. I just think you have to remember that. And there are conflicts going around. We can't intervene in all of them, and there are conflicts going on around all the world. But, you know, Ukrainians are cool. Well, where do we go from here? <laughs> I mean, it's like, don't you feel like, I mean, I feel bad, like, talking about price a little bit, you know, when all this shit's going on, but at the same time, um you know people are people are in positions and people are uh looking for you know something to do with their money and ways to save their money it is interesting though that uh the ukraine had legalized bitcoin though and apparently there was like a huge amount of volume um within the country on the on the bitcoin blockchain uh so they're, they're actually using it for for real purposes and not necessarily just for um uh trading or whatever yeah, I mean, talk about the difference between Bitcoin and gold. Like, if God forbid I find myself in a situation like being in Ukraine today, at least you know that you can convert your assets to something like Bitcoin, put it in cold storage, write down the private key, and get on a plane somewhere. I mean, that's that's a tech. Yeah, it's also interesting. Well, because with the Lightning Network, the transactions are so cheap that if you really do have a circular economy, right, and you can price everything in Bitcoin, then, yeah, the prices are moving up and down and your country is becoming poorer or richer relative to the rest of the world. But uh, you as an individual can still buy the things you need within your country. Yeah, the, the question would be like, if Bitcoin does a minus 80%, can your country then still afford to buy the goods and services needed to like support the population? Well, I think if Bitcoin doesn't minus 80%, then your local country currency will probably fare even worse, right? Like well, no, that's my point is that there is going to be, right, I'm thinking about, okay, if there is no local currency, right, all you have is Bitcoin, you price everything in Bitcoin, uh, your transactions become, you know, free and uh, you can transact whatever because of the Lightning Network, but then, um, right, you, the, basically the relative value of your currency is now that of Bitcoin to the US dollar, right? So if you're doing trade with the U S um, you'd be experiencing, I mean, swings that are probably not um, too different to countries, you know, than some of these like ones with crazy currencies that are going all over the place. Like, right. Like the Lira right now and right. Argentina. 
Yeah, the Argentine peso, um, hyperinflationary environments. I mean, that, that's one of the weirdest things about this whole thing is Russia has gotten so much poorer for doing this. I mean, their stock market's down 60% in two days. The ruble is, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it really screams Russian bond villain, like you said. Um, I think that was in our private pod. You guys should go listen to that. That um, Putin in is, you know, basically this bond villain that like the, the easiest way to think about what's going on right now is this guy that wanted to get rich. So, yeah, I mean, um, what is going on? I mean, did he short the Russian stock market long oil and then invade? <laughs> Well, he is the richest man in the world. There's no question. Um, he tops out all the lists, and uh, he definitely benefits from an increased price of oil. But I don't, I don't know what, to what degree he's long the Russian stock market. I don't know. We, we, we had, a, we had an opportunity at the fall of the Soviet Empire to really be helpful in constructing, um, you know, a vibrant democracy in. Russia, and I think we didn't do that. And this, not to say this is our fault, but it was a true, true missed opportunity. And it's certainly, I don't agree with that whole, for whatever reason, this weird fetish that Fox News has with Russia that's completely bizarre. Because, you know, right wingers used to be the most Russia hawk people out there. But they have this weird Putin fetish where they're like, he's a strong, decisive leader. What? That's awful. Um, but anyway, that's all I got for today. We've run pretty long and, um, I, I would just say my net conclusion to all this is yes, the stock market is up today. Bitcoin is up, but it's backed off. It's, you know, high from earlier. Um, and just be cautious about deploying capital over the next, you know, 24 24 the next week because i, I think and if you are uh yeah if you are involved and not signed up for our paid side uh you definitely want to have the cheat sheet right now it's really helpful as a as a tool to add to all the other things you're using to um you know have some confidence in where you can put some buy orders and maybe where you should be getting out because you know i think i think this is one of those moments where um you know you could you should be thinking about uh, what a short seller would be doing, even if you're not necessarily going to do it yourself. Something you should post to the Discord, since Wasabi's a not believer in W bottoms, is if you look at the five minute of ES today, it's like the, the most blatant W bottom ever. And I remember thinking that last night. I was like, gee, this has this has a lot of, you know, at about 5 a.m. I was like, this has a big W bottom energy to it. But, uh, you know, reports are still coming in of, of uh, Russian troops trying to overtake the Kiev airport. So I I stayed away from it, but it is it is a W bottom to be sure. All right. Well, what do you say? Should we uh, wrap it up there? Sounds good. Uh, we'll be back uh, later this week. We'll do it all over again. Thanks, guys. Cheers.